When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. The unusual, the bizarre, and occasionally the macabre. This is Beyond Reality Radio. Welcome to the program, a late night Thursday. JV and Jason have the night off. Bruce Markison, glad to be with you on a Thursday night for the program. And on tonight's show, we will have a chance to talk to an expert tarot reader. Her name's Scarlett Ravenswood. She is a tarot reader and business coach who will be discussing witchcraft, paganism, and divination. So that is all coming up on tonight's program. But before we get started, just a few things that we would like to cover. First of all, you can follow us on our website. It is beyondrealityradio.com. Again, that's beyondrealityradio.com. And if you want to participate in our chat room, something we always encourage you to do, uh, you can do that at our YouTube channel. Just go to JV Johnson on YouTube and jump into the chat room. Take part there. You can also follow us on Facebook at Beyond Reality Radio. In addition, follow us on Snapchat and Instagram. And if you'd like to follow me on Facebook, you can do that as well. I have a page I started about six months ago called... Bruce Markison's Ghostly Gallery. You can also just plug in the words Ghostly Gallery. And I also just figured this out about six months uh, after starting the uh, Facebook page. I actually created the username at Ghostly Gallery. That makes it a lot simpler. So I encourage you to check out my Facebook page at Ghostly Gallery. Lots of good stuff there about the world of horror, the supernatural, the paranormal, sci-fi, all sorts of stuff, ghosts. Uh, Today I posted an interesting article about uh, the University of Pittsburgh Library, which is uh, actually going to be acquiring the archive of the great horror director George Romero. Not only are they going to be acquiring paper documents, but also some of the movie props from some of Romero's classics like Night of the Living Dead, including one of the zombie heads. A very interesting acquisition. The University of Pittsburgh Library is a terrific library, and uh, they are actually going to be opening up um, this horror studies wing, if you will, and it's going to be centered on the Romero archive. And I guess every October they're going to be celebrating Romero Live there as well. So some very exciting news in the world of horror and the world of research. So, yeah, even libraries have an interest in the world of horror. Um, want to remind you about some upcoming guests coming up. Of course, tomorrow night is our Friday night best of show. So that's taped highlights of previous programs. Uh, but then we start things off live again next week. Uh, JV will be back for that. And on Monday night, the guest will be Del Bigtree. 
He is an investigative journalist and CEO of Informed Consent Action Network. He'll be discussing his work around vaccines and pharmaceutical tyranny. Certainly a topical conversation there. On Tuesday night, the guest is Ken Honda, author of the book Happy Money, which shows people how to create a life of abundance by changing their relationship with money. Wednesday night, JV's guest will be Graham Phillips, historical investigator and author who will return to discuss Stonehenge as an ancient healing sanctuary and calendar. And then on Thursday night, uh, James A. Willis, author and speaker, will dive into the Paul is Dead conspiracy that shook Beatles fans in 1969. Now, I was all of four years old in 1969, but I do remember hearing about this conspiracy in the early to mid-1970s, and James Willis will go in-depth on that subject uh, a week from tonight, next Thursday night's show. So that's what's coming up over the next week beyond reality radio. Again, Jason and JV have the night off. My name is Bruce Markison. I'll be filling in over the next two hours. And when we come back after our first break, we will begin our conversation with our guest tonight. Her name's Scarlett Ravenswood, tarot reader and business coach. She'll be discussing witchcraft, paganism, and divination. By the way, she has a website. It's arcane-alchemy.com. Again, that's arcane-alchemy.com. We'll talk more about that website. We'll also talk about her podcast, the Cosmic Keys Podcast. So we'll begin our conversation. Our guest on a Thursday night, Scarlett Ravenswood. We're just getting started on Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. JV and Jason have the night off. Bruce Markison filling in on the late night Thursday. And on tonight's program, we'll have the opportunity to talk to Scarlett Ravenswood, who is a tarot reader and business coach. Uh, She is also an instructor, a podcast host, uh, as I mentioned, business coach living in the Chicago area. Scarlett is well-known within the spiritual and wellness community and has been featured in a wide variety of podcasts, magazine features, and sponsorships. Built up an incredibly strong community of over 50,000 individuals and regularly provides educational content about tarot, paganism, and the occult through her blog, podcast, and YouTube channel. So joining us on tonight's edition of Beyond Reality Radio is Scarlett Ravenswood. Scarlett, welcome to the program. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this evening. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I wanted to begin by getting a sense of how you first became interested in tarot. It's obviously something very important to you, but where did this interest stem from? Well, I got my first tarot deck when I was about 13. I think it was on my birthday. I had kind of a a black sheep of the family, my aunt, who was kind of the weirdo of, of the family. 
And she gave me a tarot deck as my 13th birthday present. And um, at the time, I didn't really know what it was. um, But looking through the cards, I immediately connected with it. And my aunt kind of started telling me a bit about tarot and what it was about. And it kind of really kicked off this journey of me learning about tarot, but then also learning about paganism and kind of expanding that wider interest in as well. And, you know, I had some kind of paranormal experiences even before that growing up, but that first tarot deck that I got really kind of set things into motion. I remember the first time I saw uh, a deck of, of tarot cards, and the imagery really uh, kind of shook me. I had no idea what this was, but I thought, this is kind of cool. This is kind of interesting. Is it Was that your reaction as well? Yeah, definitely. I've always been interested in symbolism and art in general. So for me, I think tarot really connects because it is this visual medium that allows you to, you know, connect with the mysteries of the universe, with the mysteries within, um, but you're doing so through these kind of ancient symbols and images, and that whole historical component really drew me in. Who taught you the the meaning of each of the cards and the significance of, of the symbols and the images? Who kind of took you through those stages? Well, early on... Um, There was a small kind of, you know, new age shop in my town, and I did take a couple classes there. But honestly, you know, I got a lot of my information early on from the Internet, some of it better than others in those early stages of the Internet. So um, I learned a lot that way. And then also, you know, kind of later developed just and studying the cards and studying the history of the symbols itself. And I studied art history in college and stuff like that. So kind of went into more depth over the years, but initially it was just kind of trying to find websites online and, you know, trying to, to find a few other tarot readers in my small town that could help me out. What were some of the reliable websites that you were able to look at and, and know that this they contained accuracy and, 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 and gave you proper information? Oh, gosh. I don't think they were accurate at all, honestly. Really? Hmm. <laughs> um, most of the information I remember getting from the Internet at that age when I was like a, you know, 16-year-old girl, I don't think I was getting pretty good, reliable data there. And at that same time, I was researching, like, the occult in general. So I I don't remember any particular sites, but I remember just finding, you know, just random crazy stuff on there, weird spells and stuff like that. And um, I remember just printing out all these pages and hiding them in these, like, black binders. And so, you know, it took me a while. I almost had to unlearn some of the the aspects of tarot that were probably incorrect from my early search for that knowledge. Did this motivate you to want to create your own website and to have the accurate information not only available for you to refer to, but for others as well? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's changed so much. I think there really is quite a large plethora of books out there. And, you know, there were before, too, and and I did get, you know, a few books like 78 Degrees of Wisdom, a little bit later on in my teenage years, which helped a lot. 
But yeah, definitely, you know, I wanted to create a website, you know, and as well as become a teacher myself in part because it was so difficult to find that reliable source of information when I was growing up. And, you know, tarot was always my passion for for many, many years. So I just kind of had to wait until I had the, the tech skills, really, the business skills in order to kind of launch and do this whole thing full time and, and take it as far as I can. But um, but yeah, I think it definitely does in part stem from a desire to, to help other people learn tarot, especially when they're in their beginning stages and kind of have a place to go to for reliable information. Scarlett, how do you think tarot works? Is there a magical component to it or is there something else involved? Yeah, you know, and I think that's such a fascinating question. And of course, you know, every tarot reader you're going to ask is going to have a different answer. And that, in part, is what makes it so fun. For me, tarot does have a magical component to it. Um, But I also think beyond that, you know, I do think it does kind of connect with this, you know, universal consciousness, you might call it, and and does kind of help reveal some of the wider trends in our life path. But at the same time, I think it's a great tool from a psychological perspective to tap into our subconscious desires, our subconscious, you know, traumas from the past or our needs, as well as tap into others through these ancient symbols. So it's kind of a fascinating combination for me. Yes, I do think there is a magical component to it, but at the same time, I think there's so much to it beyond that, that deals with the psychology component, that deals with these archetypes and and how they interact with our lives. And, you know, you're, you're kind of also throwing on this layer of intuition on there. So you can kind of think of it as a layer cake, you know, and you can take as much out of it as you want. You know, some people are not going to believe in tarot at all, just think it's, you know, silly images. And I'm like, well, you know what? Tarot can still be valuable for you because it can be used as a goal-setting tool. You know, it could be used as a visualization exercise. And then you have people, you know, who might have a little bit more belief in that, and maybe they think that it could be some psychological effect where it's maybe tapping into your subconscious. And then you have another layer where it's like, you know what? There's also this kind of universal energy component working through it. So I think it's kind of all of those things combined. Um, so it can be valuable for anyone, regardless of what in particular they believe. So I would say it is a whole lot more fun when you do kind of open yourself up to the possibility that there is something going on behind tarot more than just, you know, images on cards. Right. Obviously, you have to believe in it. But if the person that you're reading for doesn't really believe, does that mean it won't work? I think it can work. Um, I think it's definitely a great thing to do if you are trying to set your life in perspective. So if you kind of need a bird's eye view of what's going on in your life right now, what are the possible things that could um, get in the way of some of your goals, it can kind of just be like a a map setting tool for your life in a way. So it can be very like (laughs) self-help. in that regard. And then on top of that, if you are, say, I'm doing a reading for someone and they don't believe in any of the kind of spiritual aspect, the mere fact that I'm spending an hour with this person and they're just, you know, 
talking about what they're going through, you know, talking about their concerns. It's an extremely cathartic experience, kind of akin almost to therapy. So they're still going to get a very significant benefit out of the reading just for those purposes, even if they don't believe in the magical aspect of tarot. We do have a break coming up in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to ask one last question before we do go to commercial. When you're doing a tarot reading, does it have to be one-on-one, or can you do readings from multiple people in one sitting? I think you can do readings from multiple people, but I tend to not do that very often because when you are trying to connect in with someone else, um, kind of using your intuitive senses, trying to collect into that collective unconscious that kind of binds us all together and derive information from that, um, you know, signals can definitely get mixed, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think it's harder to be clear and specific, I guess, when it comes to doing a reading for more than one person at a time. Scarlett's website, by the way, is www.arcane-alchemy.com. And if you're not so great at spelling, as I am not so great at that, alchemy is spelled A-L-C-H-E-M-Y. Arcane-alchemy.com. Scarlett also has a podcast, the Cosmic Keys Podcast. Uh, we continue with Scarlett Ravenswood. Scarlett wanted to ask a little bit more about tarot. Let's say you have somebody who's young and is interested, wants to get more deeply involved in tarot cards, tarot reading. What would you recommend to them as a starting point? What's the best way to get started? Well, I think probably the best way is just to go ahead and get a deck and start orienting yourself with the imagery. And it's kind of fun. You know, if if you're someone who might not know that much about tarot to begin with, to get a deck and then write down just initial impressions or initial feelings or senses that come to mind. And then over time, when you learn the card meanings, you can even kind of go back and look at what you originally wrote and see, you know, how on point you are. And one of the decks that I always recommend people start with is the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. And that's a pretty classic deck. Most tarot readers do tend to start with that deck. And it's such a wonderful deck to begin tarot study with because, It has really clear images, good symbolism, and most tarot decks out there, I mean, there are being, you know, tons of new tarot decks created every year. The vast majority of them are kind of based on a Rider-Waite system. So if you learn how to read the Rider-Waite deck, you're going to be set up and able to read a lot of other decks out there. But I always recommend going ahead and get a deck Um, and start leafing through the cards, writing down your initial impressions. And then when you're ready, you know, you might want to pick up a book. Um, You know, 78 Degrees of Wisdom is a pretty popular one. Um, Or you might, you know, take a course. Um, You know, I do an online course, but, you know, other people do um, other online courses or in-person courses if you have a local kind of new age or witchy shop nearby. Um, But I always definitely recommend starting with just getting some initial impressions on the images and start to build a relationship. Because I think with tarot and with, you know, a lot of other kind of magical items, you can think 
it is kind of a relationship you build over time. Um, so it's it can be really exciting in that way to discover. Now, the deck that you mentioned as, as a good starting point, how many different cards are in that deck? So there are 78 cards, and in tarot, it's divided between kind of two parts. You have the major arcana and the minor arcana. And the major arcana, the 22 main cards, um, these are the ones that have titles. I'm sure, you know, you've seen them like the devil, you know, and the fool and Mm -hmm. the high priestess and things like that. And you can think of these cards are kind of these overarching archetypal themes. These are the big players in the tarot deck. But then you have the rest of the cards, and those are the minor arcana. And these are kind of your day-to-day cards. These cards deal a lot more with kind of your practical life, what's really going on in your life, what you're working towards, the relationships you're in, things like that. And that section, the minor, is divided into four suits. And, you know, it's actually pretty similar to a playing card deck. You know how a playing card deck has, you know, four different suits, and then you have the court cards. Same thing with the minor arcana. You have the four different suits, and you also have court cards. So you have these kind of two different sections, Hmm. the major and the minor, that come together to create the tarot deck. And I would just note as well, in case people are um, confused, there are also things called oracle decks. And oracle decks are different than tarot. Um, They don't necessarily have a particular system. With tarot, once you learn the system, you can read pretty much almost any other tarot deck out there. Oracle decks um, can be pretty much whatever the the author chooses they want them to be. So, you know, there's really not too much point to, like, memorizing meanings and stuff like that with an oracle deck unless you really love a particular Oracle deck and you know you're going to work with that all the time. Whereas with tarot, it does make sense to actually, you know, spend the time and and learn because once you learn, you'll be able to read with pretty much any other deck out there. Do you run the risk? Yeah. Do Do you run the risk at all with maybe younger folks interested in tarot that they look at it as a game and it clearly is not a game? You know, I wouldn't say too much. I think probably the people that are drawn towards tarot or at least drawn to the point where they actually want to learn the card meanings, they're probably naturally, you know, inquisitive and respectful Mm -hmm. of the medium itself because it's not something that connects with everyone. I mean, you have to kind of be a bit of an unusual or extra intuitive person to, you know, become interested in tarot in the first place. So I do find that People who are serious about, you know, they want to learn, they tend to respect the cards, I think, definitely a lot more than just kind of, you know, the general population that might not be interested or or know much at all about tarot. Right. Let's talk about witchcraft and its relationship to tarot. Is is tarot, is is it witchcraft? Is it a form of witchcraft or is it something different entirely? Well, I think it can be. So... In my view, witchcraft is is something you do. It's like an an act, whether that's a spell or a type of divination like tarot. Um, So you don't have to necessarily be a witch or a pagan or a Wiccan or anything like that in order to practice witchcraft. Um, So tarot's, you know, been around for a pretty long time. And pretty much since the early 1400s, it mostly came out of northern Italy at around that time. Um, So... 
witchcraft that has had its own history. And sometimes it intersects with tarot, sometimes it doesn't. And you can choose to use tarot in things like spells um, if you want. You can choose to use tarot in things like meditations, sigil work. And even the, you know, the minor arcana, you know, that represent those four elements um, and those four suits, you know, you can use them as stand-ins to represent elements in, you know, occult rituals if you want. So it really gives you a lot of freedom. You can use it just for divination purposes. You can use it just for magic purposes, or you can use it, you know, for a combination of, of all those things. Do you consider yourself a Wiccan? Um, not anymore. You know, I, I started off on that path because when, gosh, when um, I'm 30 now, so when I was a teenager, that was when, you know, the movie The Craft and Practical Magic and all of those kind yeah. of things were popular at the time. So that is how I kind of started off. I think, you know, I saw those movies, you know, I, I picked up a book, um, Wicca by Scott Cunningham, and kind of learned, okay, well, this is what Wicca is actually about, and got really interested in that beyond the whole pop culture aspect. So I definitely started down that path of Wicca, and still today, you know, I do um, have a lot of beliefs that work within the Wiccan system, like I do celebrate the Sabbath, the Wheel of the Year, um, though I wouldn't necessarily define myself as Wiccan specifically now. I, I tend to just, you know, use the term pagan because, um, you know, I didn't want to be necessarily boxed in by that concept. So I definitely have gained a lot, you know, from Wicca and from learning about Wicca as a young teen and, and kind of going on from there. And, you know, it was just, you know, such an incredible experience to come like from a place where I pretty much grew grew up with, you know, not in a very religious household, but, you know, went to church every once in a while. And then all of a sudden you open a book and you realize, oh, there can be a goddess too. And you're like a 16-year-old girl and you're just like mind blown, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it hooked me right away. I'm like, oh my God, there's, you know, no other religions ever talk about female divinity. And here's this, you know, religious system that has like a god and a goddess and they're equal and it's just like you know completely got me super excited about spirituality and religion in a way that you know was amazing to me at the time because before i found wicca i just hadn't even really thought much about religion in general it just wasn't really part of my life yeah but i didn't connect with it if we could divert the conversation for just a moment i want to pick up on something you said a moment ago about some of the movies the films that came out in the 1990s, mm -hmm. dealing with these areas, what was your opinion of these films? Good, bad, indifferent? Um, you know, well, when you look back at it, you know, you can see all of the inconsistencies and how they're definitely not very accurate in the information that they portray. But I tend to be honestly pretty lenient about things when it comes to, like, pop culture representations of witchcraft. And, and I think for the most part, it's all in good fun. And I think in general, one of the reasons there are this, is this kind of surge of millennials or millennial witches out there is in part because we grew up at a time when there was a lot of this kind of stuff in the pop culture, and that was the hook. So that kind of hooked you in and be like, oh, I've never heard about this before. Now I'm going to like go to the library or look up something more, get some more information. 
And maybe without that hook, you know, maybe I would have never discovered Wicca, you know, and maybe mm. many people wouldn't have either. So I tend to not hate too much on the, the pop culture stuff. I think for the most part, you know, whatever allows people's minds to be open is, yeah. tends to be a pretty good thing. So pretty harmless. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, you consider yourself a follower of paganism, and th- this is an interesting term because for a long time, paganism had sort of a bad context to it, and it was um, almost, I don't know, I don't want to say it was an insult, but there w- there was kind of a negative connotation to the word. That has changed, though, in, in recent years. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's amazing how much all of this has changed in recent years when you think about it. I mean, well, before really the Internet took off and, um, you know, we podcasting and, you know, things like that, there wasn't as big of a community. There wasn't as big of a place for people to, to share information and to connect with others and, and build these both in-person and online communities. I mean, definitely there was a New Age movement. Um but I feel like once the Internet, you know, picked up, it really allowed all of these ideas to explode and spread where nowadays it's not that weird. And, you know, I've met many other people who are pagans or witches or Wiccans. And, you know, I'm not I don't look like someone who you would think would be, you know, uh, practicing tarot or witchcraft. Um, I don't wear, you know, any I don't even wear like a pentacle necklace or anything like that. I think it's just become accepted now. Like, okay, this is my spiritual path and, and, you know, this is what I follow. This is what I believe. And, and honestly, I get way more pushback from other members in the community than I do from the outside world anymore. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's changed a lot. I definitely did back when I was like in high school, (laughs) you know, that wasn't very fun. But nowadays, I mean, it's just, you know, people who might not be into it and they just kind of like, okay, you know, whatever, that's cool, man. Um, but very rarely do I get a, like insults. Yeah. Um, though I also live in Chicago. So, you know, I'm sure it would be a bit different if I was in a more rural area and I don't, you know, broadcast to everyone I meet, you know, <laughs> hello, my name is Scarlett and I practice witchcraft. You know, yeah. I kind of keep it on the down low a little bit, I bring it up if someone else asks about it or, or wants to know, you know, what I believe in, I'll tell them the truth. But at the same time, you know, I think things are changing so much that there, there is so much more of a, a welcoming atmosphere for pagans and, and for witches and fellow occultists and stuff like that. So I think that's been a big shift that I've just seen, you know, in the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. For those listeners who don't have a lot of familiarity with paganism, give us kind of a a basic entry-level definition. What is it all about? Yeah, so paganism, well, the term basically means belief in many gods, but everyone is going to define it in different ways. And this is both the best thing and the worst thing about paganism. On the one hand, paganism can be a refuge for anyone that um, has a spirituality that spirituality or belief system that doesn't quite fit into the other established religions. Um, it can be a safe haven for those that find divinity in nature and want to express their spiritual path through 
nature through celebrating, you know, the cycles of the seasons, the cycles of life, things like that. But because it is such of an open concept, at the same time, it makes it difficult to really define, you know, what pagans believe in and who they are. And part of that is, you know, there's there's neo-pagans, you know, there's pagan reconstructionists, you know, so there's all these kind of subdivisions. There are people who take more of a, like, a general, like, divinity is a, a white light, you know, or maybe they believe in a god and a goddess, or maybe they believe in pantheons, or maybe they're a pagan reconstructionist, and they're really researching, and, and they pick a particular um, culture, like ancient Greece, you know, and they're just trying to reestablish and, and use those traditions from the past and bring them into the present. Or maybe they choose Norse paganism, and they're researching that and bringing those traditions into the present. So there's so many different directions you can take it, um, which is great. It's what I, you know, found appealing. Um, I definitely always felt a sense of divinity within nature. So that's why I'm like, okay, well, I got to be a pagan because that's the only system that really kind of ties in nature as a huge component, as a huge celebration and way to honor the divine. And at the same time, it gives you that flexibility to, you know, believe in, you know, whatever gods that you're really interested in in following. Scarlett, we have just a couple of minutes before the top of the hour, but I did want to squeeze in one question about your website. It's arcane-alchemy.com. And for those folks who go to to the website, uh, what are the kinds of things they might find there? Yeah, so I have a blog where I write about paganism, I write about tarot, and I even do like reviews of new tarot decks that are coming out and things like that. Um, I also do readings so people can book a reading with me if they are interested. I do them know, through Skype or through uh, Facebook video messenger or Zoom, certain platforms like that. I can do in person for people in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And I also do a full like tarot certification course and lessons for p- those that are wanting to learn tarot. Um, and then, you know, I have plenty of videos on there that are educational. I have a YouTube channel. Um, and then I also do uh, business coaching for other people who, you know, might consider themselves spiritual entrepreneurs because actually have a background in things like web design and, and online marketing. So I help people who are, you know, Reiki healers or other tarot readers or, you know, maybe they are yoga instructors. I help them build an online presence and an online community to help um, get them clients and get them all set up. So, yeah, I kind of do a lot of, of different things on there. You can also find my podcast if you are a podcast fan and mm-hmm. looking for something good to listen to. So, yeah, you can find all of those things on my website. Again, that's www.arcane-alchemy.com. Uh, we will take uh, your calls, and you'll have a chance to get a reading with Scarlett. Uh, we'll start doing that in just a couple of moments here on the program. Uh, but I do want to follow up with uh, at least a couple more questions for uh, Scarlett. Uh, I'm curious, Scarlett, about um, the effects of technology and social media. How has the occult and the tarot community really evolved and changed as we've seen, well, some would say progression with technology and social media. Some would say regression. I guess that's open for debate. But with more technology, with more social media becoming very pervasive, 
Um, how has that affected uh, folks like you and your involvement with tarot? Yeah, I mean, I really think it's been this fascinating double-edged sword because on the one hand, technology has allowed us to get a ton of information right whenever we want it. So those people that, you know, might be like, oh, I'm interested in the occult, but I don't know, how could I even begin to research some of this stuff? Now you have so much an overload of information at your fingertips. And then at the same time, you have, you know, the communities on the Internet, whether that's through Facebook groups, you know, through social media, you know, platforms like Instagram and stuff like that, where you can actually, like, learn from and collaborate with others that do have those similar interests. So, again, it really kind of helps facilitate your own learning. Um, So that has all been really great. It's broken down a lot of barriers to entry, I guess you could say. And I think there is kind of a a shift and a division, not just within, like, you know, the occult or the pagan community, but, you know, in the world in general, where nowadays you don't have to rely necessarily on publishers like Llewellyn Books, for example. You can self-publish or Mm -hmm. you can just build a following you know, on the internet to the point where a mainstream publisher approaches you and asks you to publish a book, yeah. you know, and, you know, maybe there's good and bad aspects to that for sure, but it's really changed things up. So on the one hand, it's allowed people to break into a field they might have not been able to or been so unsure of how to do that. So on the other end, especially when it comes to things like spirituality and religion and and topics like that. I mean, really, technology is is kind of the worst thing for that, too. Uh, With tarot, I mean, we're all about trying to look inward and find that that silence within that allows our subconscious to speak. That can be pretty tricky to do when you're constantly being distracted or you have your phone by your side. Sure. Or with paganism, you know, it's all about kind of finding that aspect of divinity in nature and the cycles of the seasons and things like that. And obviously, I think we probably all spend a bit too much time inside on our computers when we could be spending more time outdoors. So it really is, you know, that double-edged sword. Um, It's provided me, you know, a career that I never thought I'd be able to have. But at the same time, you know, I definitely spend way too much time on my computer. And I could really benefit from, you know, a technology detox, too. (laughs) Sure. I think that's good advice. Is there a form of social media that you prefer above and beyond all others? Um, You know, it's interesting because... On the one hand, you know, I I do like Instagram because it allows me to be creative. You know, I've always wanted uh, an opportunity to do photography and and things like that. And it really is a great platform for allowing that. Um, At the same time, you know, there's there's big downsides to Instagram, too, just like there are for every social media platform. You know, Facebook is is kind of on the, the outs. You know, I don't think it'll be super relevant in the next, you know, five years or so. So these, you know, platforms themselves, they kind of all go through cycles and and they all are benefits to the communities in certain ways. They allow us to connect, allow us to collaborate on various projects and get information that we're looking for. But at, you know, the same time, those connections aren't going to be, you know, nearly as great as as a connection that you could have with a community. And it's it's been a bit of a, a difficult thing, too, with just kind of, you know, I've been trying to find a community of, you know, in 
IRL, right, <laughs> in real life here in Chicago. And, you know, I have so many great people that I communicate with and collaborate online. But, you know, I've had a tougher time. You know, I go to events, you know, from time to time here and there. But, you know, I haven't really found yet a, a strong and vibrant community um, that, you know, I felt really comfortable in here. So that's, you know, that is a downside and something I'm really, you know, still searching for and I haven't really found in a way yet. Our guest is Scarlett Ravenswood. We're now going to do some readings with Scarlett. And again, if you want to give us a call, 844-687-7669 is our toll-free number. Uh, let's go to our first caller on the line from Las Vegas is Jessica. Jessica, you're on Beyond Reality Radio with Scarlett Ravenswood. Hi. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Um, so do you have a particular question or area of your life that you would like some guidance on? I would say love because my love life is non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, so you're looking for someone and looking for some guidance on, on how to make that happen, huh? Yeah. Okay, great. So what what we'll do is um, I'll give my cards a bit of a shuffle. I have the Rider Waite deck that we were actually talking about earlier, one of those classic decks. And what I'll do is I'll draw three cards. We can go over the cards one at a time. I can briefly tell you, you know, what that card represents and how for you and in searching for that relationship, for that next love, how this card can relate to that. Uh, how does that sound? Okay. That sounds good. Okay, great. So I'm um, just going to put my phone down for a second while I give these cards a good shuffle. Okay, I'm just going to give them a couple shuffles here. And everyone tends to shuffle their tarot cards differently. I use kind of a classic bridge shuffle. <laughs> right. And then what I tend to do is I actually tend to cut the deck several times. And this is a good point where I actually try and just use my intuition. So I might cut the deck once, you know, I might cut it 10 times. I kind of just wait until I get that kind of sensation in the pit of my stomach that's telling me, you know, now's a good time to stop. So I have the cards all shuffled. So I'm ready to draw the first card. Are you guys ready to start? Yeah. Okay, let's see what we get. So card number one. Oh, the moon. So we are starting off a bit dramatic. And the moon is a really fascinating card. If you look it up online, and I definitely recommend um, after we chat, you, you go and look up these images because you can get that kind of extra perspective. But what you're seeing here is this bright kind of eclipse going on where the moon and the sun are one. And you're seeing these two twin pillars on the side, this crooked path where you have to go between a dog and a wolf before you come to a pond where this kind of bizarre blue lobster creature is jumping out. So it's a really odd, very unusual image. And what the moon is all about is instability and emotional ups and downs. So... One of the key things is you have this crooked path that goes between a dog and a wolf. So you can kind of think about the dog and the wolf as our civilized and our uncivilized selves. 
we all need both to survive. You know, we have our self that we portray to society, but then we also have kind of our animal sides, our animal selves too. And sometimes that road, just like in the image, it's, you know, is a bit crooked. It kind of isn't a straight line path. And then at the base of the water, there's this kind of weird monstrous creature. And that suggests really there is some dark stuff within your subconscious that's starting to kind of bubble up. And when the moon card appears, it can reference someone who's really going through a lot of emotional ups and downs from these kind of past experiences. And this kind of creature that's kind of coming up from that water, coming through your subconscious, that's really referencing kind of the the kind of demons from past relationships that um, are still kind of causing you a lot of emotional stress that haven't been fully released. So it's not that you haven't found like the right person yet. It's that you're not quite ready for that process until you're able to, you know, really release that anxiety, that stress, that, you know, really kind of even depression from previous relationships. So it's a pretty heavy card <laughs> to start with. How do you feel about that? It's dramatic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty out there. And it's um, the moon card is one of the really kind of mysterious cards in the deck. So it's kind of fun that we got to start with that. Um, so are you ready for the second card or did you have any questions specifically about the moon card? Um, no, because it's funny because, um, my zodiac sign is a Scorpio and I know one of my planetary, um, planets is the moon. So I was just like, eh, kind of like, wow, crazy how it has a different meaning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, you know, Scorpio is kind of about that, like kind of animalistic, even like sexual aspect of personality that can come through from time to time. And that's kind of referenced by that that powerful wolf in the moon card too. So it's kind of neat. Um, and, you know, Scorpio being a water sign, and we definitely got a lot of water in the card too. Um, yeah. So let's see what we get for our second card. Second card, ace of wands. So here we have a minor card. So we started with a major one. Second card is a minor. And there's those four suits in the minor arcana. This is the suit of wands. This is about fire, this is about energy, and it's also about passion. And it's an ace. So aces you can think of, you know, like in a playing card deck, aces can represent the number one or represent the number 11. So they can either be this like powerful ace card, but they can also represent like, you know, the number one at the beginning. So at the same time, this card is really powerful and really makes a stand. It's also um, can often reference uh, a new beginning of some kind coming into your life, this opportunity that the universe is going to be presenting. And, you know, wands is tied to fire. So that can be passion. That can be, you know, the excitement of a new connection. But, you know, it's not necessarily one of the best cards to get or the best suit, which would be cup for a relationship. Wands is kind of about ambition, too, and confidence. So I think you're going to be moving from this transition with the moon card where things, you know, are kind of still emotionally kind of bubbling up, dealing with the past, you know, that hasn't fully, you haven't fully moved on from yet. 
we're moving into this new stage represented by this ace, this new beginning of energy coming into your life and ambition. And that's not necessarily bad. This can be exciting. And when it comes to thinking about next relationship, maybe in part you want to start thinking about not just do I feel that emotional connection, but are they going to help me get to um, where I want to be? What do I envision my life as, you know, in the next five years? I don't want to concentrate on, you know, people that are going to bring me down. I only want to concentrate on people that can help bring me up and share my goals and my vision for where I want to be, you know, in the next few years. So kind of shifting that mindset and being a bit more serious about what types of people you're um, going to be wanting into your life and yourself too, you know, getting out there. I mean, wands are all about confidence. Sometimes you have to be overconfident. You have to be extra extroverted, which can be pretty uncomfortable. Um, So it's definitely a call to do that as well. Jessica, we want to thank you for the call. We hope that was helpful to you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Joining us on the program is Dee from Florida. Dee, you're on with Scarlett. Hi, Bruce. How are you this evening? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Scarlett, I have a couple of areas that are kind of turbulent in my life right now. It's with family um, and my mother's health, my health, and I'm wanting to know about a break. Um, I do have ideas for me. I've been self-employed before. Um, but I'm wanting to know, is there going to be a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere up ahead? Um, I, I don't have a lot of uh, compassionate support um, right where I'm sitting in my life right now. But do you see a break Or should I just kind of put everything on the back burner instead of getting my hopes up and just kind of hold my horses? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, let me cut the deck a couple times and um, pick a card here from the top of the stack. And what we'll do is we'll quickly go over that card and and how it relates to this this situation that you're going through. Okay, Mm -hmm. one second. Let me just cut the deck a little bit. Here and do a quick shuffle. And that was funny when you were speaking to Las Vegas. The moon is that is my planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So we got the devil card, and I don't want you to be too worried. I know people get a little bit worried when they see the devil card. It's a pretty striking image. It's got like that classic Baphomet figure he's sitting atop this post and there's two figures below him with chains and they're kind of tied to that post and these chains are around their neck and these are actually kind of like adam and eve figures that are slowly kind of becoming um like little demons themselves they're growing horns so it's this really fantastical bizarre image and the key thing to notice about the devil card and this really hits upon what this card really means is these two human figures they're wearing chains around their neck and they're kind of attached to this devil figure in the center but those chains 
have a large loop. They could easily lift them up and take away those chains and leave, but they're not doing that. And the longer they stay attached to this figure, they themselves are becoming more disfigured with time. So what that really means is you can kind of think of you're kind of stuck to something right now or someone perhaps, and you feel like you're not able to do what you want to do because of, and then you're going to list, you know, certain things. The double card reminds us and shows us that, you know, really a lot of those things, while yes, they are important, we have the power to move away from them and decide, you know what, I'm not going to blame or rely on this other thing to define my life and the direction I want to it to go in. So it's kind of this this really intense card in a way because it forces you to say to accept, you know, I'm in the position I am right now because I'm staying where I am and I've made these choices and I am in like this role right now. And I have that power and I have had that power to change things for quite a while and I need to do it quick. Because with the devil card, you know, the card mm. that comes next after the devil card is the tower card. And that's the card, that's kind of like the worst card to get is actually the tower card. Because that shows everything in your life kind of falling apart. The devil card is that reminder to take control now in the direction that you want your life to go before you get to that moment. So for you, I think this is a real turning point and you need to kind of revisit what is tying you down right now. And is that something real or is that something that you just kind of feel and think is tying you down that you might even have more control over than, than you might initially suspect. So that's kind of the devil card in a nutshell. How, how do you feel about that? Well, it's kind of splitting hairs. Um, it is real um, because of my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> My mother, uh, who lives a state away, I that's where the family trauma comes into play. And mm-hmm. I'm unable to get to my mother. I can't contact her. They've turned her phone off, who's the evil, you know, quote, unquote, stepsister. Um And like I said, I don't have a lot of support. My sister has decided to side with my stepsister, and my sister doesn't know what's going on with my health, which I've decided to keep that to myself. Um, But there have been some things that I've got in the back of my mind that I want to do as far as moving on when I get to feeling better. Um, But my mother's my main concern in wanting to get to feeling just a little better so I can go up and be with her. She has Alzheimer's. Um, while she can still recognize me, and my birthday's coming up. But I have Mm -hmm. all of these doctor's appointments and tests that they're wanting to run me through um, swarming around my birthday, which is on July 5th. 
So I am just wondering, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> you know, I've got so much yeah. stuff on my plate and ideas about starting a new business, and I just don't seem to have a lot of support Um Every idea that I mention, it's uh, stupid, you know, coming from uh, my partner. We've been together for 19 years, and he just thinks that it's too overwhelming and there's no way that I can handle it. Yeah, I'm in bad condition health-wise, but I'm not a piece of fine china, you know. I come from sturdy stock. I think you can kind of look Mm. at this double card. It's giving you the strength instead of framing it as, you know, I can't start the business because of, you know, other people aren't going to support it. Um, You kind of have to decide, well, is that my priority? And then you have to cut that chain (laughs) that's in that card. You have to take it off and be like, I'm going to not let this person um, react. Right. Well, I'll do it anyway. And what I have to do. Same thing with, you know, visiting your your mom too if that's something you want to do when those family members are in the way you can't let those things chain you down you have to you kind of no. make that decision i'm going to do what i want to do anyway despite right. the toxic people in my life because they're just going to pull me down they're that devil figure and you're the one with the chain and you kind of got to release yourself from those negative people and and go after what you really want to because otherwise you know the longer you're stuck in this kind of system, it's not going to help you feel mm-hmm. better. Dee, I right. wanna, we want to thank you for the call, Dee, uh, and, and I hope that's helpful to you. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very thank you. much, Bruce, and thank you, Scarlett. And I hope at the end of the show that you will put up your um, a way to get in touch with you and your mm-hmm. website and everything. But thank you both so much. I appreciate you taking my call. All right. Thank you, Dee. And we'll you. definitely uh, have that information at the end of the program. Uh, let's go to another phone line. We have on the line from Orlando, Carol joins us on Beyond Reality Radio. Carol, you're on the air with Scarlett Ravenswood. Hi, Scarlett. Hi, how are you doing today? Oh, I've been a little bit better. I had mm-hmm. a, a death in the family this past mm-hmm. week. Oh, um, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm ready. <laughs> so are you looking for just kind of help and guidance on kind of getting you through this, this difficult time of grief? Is that what you're looking for? Or is there something kind of specific, a, a question that you have? Well, um, I have a concern about whether to follow through on a lawsuit or not. Okay. Um, so that's basically, um, I don't know where to go mm-hmm. on that issue. So, um, and life in general, as I say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, let me um, let me do a quick shuffle, um, and then we will pull a card, and we'll go over what it represents and, and how um, that can give you some guidance in your life. Okay? Thank you. Okay, one second. I'm just going to give the cards a quick shuffle here. 
And Scarlett, I guess every time the the length of the shuffle is different based on the feeling you're getting, right? Right, that's right. So I tend to start with like a bridge shuffle, but then I cut the deck as many times as I feel is necessary. So I usually, while I'm chatting with someone, I'll just keep cutting the deck until I get, for me, you know, it's kind of this feeling in the pit of my stomach. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad feeling, but it's kind of that, this kind of interesting sensation, kind of a tingling sensation that's like the universe tells me, okay, this is when I need to stop and just pull the card. I see. Um, so, you know, different tarot have their own way of doing it, but um, this way I think works well for me and, and I tend to get pretty good results with it. Um, so are we ready to see what the card is? Yes. Okay, let me pull that over and let's see what we get. Oh, interesting. We got a great card, which is which is fun because we just came from a couple tough cards in the previous readings. But we have here the Ten of Cups. So, um, you know, this is a really beautiful and harmonious theme. And definitely look up this card after our chat because I just want you to, like, really visualize and this image and it's a really a card of healing um it has this rainbow um and then you have this family scene and this kind of beautiful idyllic um kind of uh yard with a little house it's it's very um what we imagine or hope our lives are going to be like it's almost so perfect that it's not real and that's what makes this card interesting. On the one hand, it reminds us, you know, that that while we all kind of try to achieve this life that's depicted in this image, we have to find our harmony and our connections with others in our own ways. And it's not always going to look like we imagined it would. So that's kind of the the more negative aspect of the card. And in each card, there's a positive and negative component. The positive component and what you're going through right now is on the one hand, even though you're experiencing, you know, grief with this loss, there's a huge outpouring of love that is going to start to come through. And support, I think, is going to start to come into your life more than it is now. When it comes to that lawsuit, just that one question alone, I think, you know, this is a really positive card. It's one of the best cards to get in terms of a good outcome. So I think if you do pursue that, um, this is a good indication that that's going to go in your favor. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a card that gives us a sense of optimism and hope. It's a rainbow. You see this big rainbow in there. So it is kind of this this bright light um, coming through that's going to be bringing in this kind of healing energy into your life. So I think that's a, a pretty good thing to be looking forward to for, for the next few days. Did you have any questions that come to your mind about this card? Well, it's certainly um, good to hear that it's, um, especially in, in my grief over this last week, um, to know that I've kind of... Um, been keeping a low profile, but I have friends reaching out to me, which is wonderful. Uh, and and from what you're saying, it's going to be even better. Um, mm-hmm. And p- 
people are going to help me through this. Um, and it makes me feel so much better. Um, oh, good. Carol, and, um, we thank you for the call. I, we we appreciate you calling in. Uh, we have time for one more call. So we're going to go to Mariah in Gainesville, Florida. Mariah, you're on with our guest, Scarlett Ravenswood. Mariah, are you there? Mariah, are you there? I may have the wrong lineup. Let me try this line. Mariah, you're on with Scarlett. Yes, hi. Mariah? Try that again. Mariah, are you there? Yes, I am here. Go right ahead. You can hear me now? Yes. Great. Hi, Scarlett. Hi, how are you doing today? Well, I have this family situation that Mm -hmm. uh, I would like a very straight answer, if you can give it to me. the in-laws and are fighting to get the children away from us, and we are, of course, not wanting to let them go. And um, because of some illness, uh, they have kept them for some time, but now they don't want to give them back. So uh, we are in court. We both have lawyers, and I just want to know how you see it go. Uh, what is the charges to this and uh, how will she hear us and uh, what is my part to uh, do uh, as to prepare for the for the uh, trial? Um, do I have mm-hmm. the right lawyer? Um, how do you see mm-hmm. it go? Yeah, yeah, okay. So let me... Quick shuffle here, and then we will pick one card and hopefully get you some insight there on this upcoming trial. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Let's see what we get. Okay, so we have... The Chariot, another major card. We've been getting some major cards recently. So the Chariot is a really interesting card. Um, it shows this very strong figure, and he is in the Chariot. And you know what he has on? He has on this crown, and it's a very special crown. Um, it's made out of laurel wreath, which is a symbol of victory. So right off oh. the bat, I'm saying this is a good sign. <laughs> Laurel wreath is a really good uh, symbol of victory historically. Now, with the chariot card, it's all about willpower directing the direction that things are going to be moving in. So there's these two sphinxes in the image, and they're kind of pointed in different directions. So with this situation, people are going to be kind of pulling you away or things are going to be distracting you from what needs to get done in terms of the trial, the research, the prep work, all of that kind of stuff. The key is to embrace this charioteer mindset that's represented in this image. If you stay focused and you keep strong with your sense of willpower, because people are going to try and pull you in different directions, and you have to be very confident in knowing which 
what you believe in, what direction you want to go in, and you can't waver from that. Um, so from a trial situation, you know, that can be pretty important on sticking with a particular position and not letting them kind of move you in different directions or kind of change your mind moving into a different area um, of thought and thinking. So you got to kind of stay focused and stay on a very straight path moving forward with your willpower. And, you know, that laurel wreath, that crown, it's a good sign. So, you know, I think things, you know, are going to be pretty optimistic for you, but you have to stay on that path. You can't deviate from it. You can't get distracted. Yeah, Mariah, I want to thank you very much for the call and uh, best uh, of luck with that trial coming up. Scarlett, we have just a couple of moments left. Uh, For those folks who want to get in touch with you, is the best way through your website? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they can find me on my website. It's um, www.arcane-alchemy.com. I'm also, you know, on Instagram at Arcane Alchemy, so people can send me a direct message there if they'd like. And I'm on YouTube, you know, so I have a YouTube channel under Scarlet Ravenswood, so you can find me there. But definitely if you're looking for more information on, you know, a full reading or a tarot lesson or if you're also a reader and looking into getting a bigger client base and want some marketing help and things like that, you can find all of that information on my website. And then also, you know, if people are interested in podcasts, you know, and they are looking for some some more occult fun podcasts to listen to, um, I do a weekly card um, that I pull on that podcast, and then I have a co-host that does an astrology reading. Mm-hmm. So that's a good place to go if you want to, like, just start your week off Monday morning. You want to get the card of the week, see how yeah. that's going to interact with your life, get an astrology reading for the week, and then we also do interviews with people as well. Scarlett, so I want to thank you. I want to thank you very section. much. It's been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, we're going to have to go. We're just about out of time on Beyond Reality Radio. A reminder that tomorrow night, Friday night, will be a best of show. And then JV's back on Monday. He'll be talking to Dell Bigtree, discussing his work around vaccines and pharmaceutical tyranny. Have a good night, everyone. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.